listening to Soul Knox Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Hikara. And this is a very special bonus episode uh, for 4th of July. So um, it's going to be a very special bonus horror hotel uh, with my friend Mike Purdy. And uh, we're covering uh, Jaws, which of course is uh, probably the best 4th of July movie out there, maybe, you know. He does mention Independence Day as well at the end, like as another 4th of July movie. But we're covering Jaws. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of an idea we had to do a bonus episode about Jaws for 4th of July. And, uh, you know, it definitely fits. It's definitely a great movie. Uh, it's funny because I haven't really seen it in a while, but um, but uh, it's still, like, one of the best movies, you know. Like, it's just a great movie to watch and... Hope you guys enjoyed the episode where we talk about uh, talk about horror, talk about um, Jaws on uh, the Horror Hotel. And of course, uh, the next like actual proper episode for Horror Hotel that we're going to do is going to be about Poltergeist, which will actually come out later on in the month as well. And our last episode we did was, came out the month month before last, and that was uh, Tremors. So you can go back and listen to that if you want to. Um, and uh, yeah. So I guess before we get into the episode itself, I'm going to go ahead and uh, do my plugs that I usually do for every episode. And uh, basically, I want to, uh, we got the Horsemen of the Podcast Apocalypse, which are my uh, brethren uh, podcasts. Um, And we got uh, every other Monday is Horror Wolf 666 with Brandon Legion. Every Tuesday is Into the Necrosphere with Jackie Schmidt. Every Wednesday is Everything Went Black with Mike Hill. Thursdays, you got uh, Necromaniacs with Mike Hill, Mike Scandato, and Jeff Kashid. Uh, Fridays, you have Break the Apocalypse. And uh, then we have the Unofficial Horseman, which is um, Cheyenne with Trivax from Iblis Manifestations, as well as Konstantin Tulnohovi with uh, Mycelum Signal. And Mycelum Signal just recently did a amazing episode with Nas Alchemeth, um, which I highly recommend anybody check that out, particularly if you're a fan of Alclis or Aeratos, because they get into those pretty uh, in-depth. And uh, yeah, give that a listen. He also did an episode of Richard Gavin, who, uh, of course, I had on the podcast alongside Nas Alchemeth a few a little bit ago. And so, yeah, definitely, if you're into that side of things, you got to go check out the Mycelum Signal on uh, on uh, social media and um you know, uh, he has stuff on YouTube as well as Podbean. I don't think he's got it up on Spotify yet. So, yeah, go give it a listen. I highly recommend it. And, uh, yeah, so uh, you can follow me as well. At my, you can find me under my name or uh, under Denver Underground Radio, which is the uh, radio station, online radio station I run uh, alongside my friend, and uh, which is also uh, the kind of home base for both podcasts and the uh, radio station on uh, social media. And um, basically, uh, we have shows every Tuesday and Thursday nights. Uh, both shows start at 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Tuesdays, you have uh, Darklands, of, uh, which is my show, which is black metal, death metal, dark ambient, all that kind of stuff. And Thursdays, you have the show I do with my friend Ken, which is... Uh, um, basically dark wave, goth, trip hop, um, you know, post-punk, whatever, that kind of stuff. We like our kind of music. So, uh, 
give check those out. You can go find on the uh, social media all of our playlists as well as uh, links to Spotify playlists in the stories on the art Instagram page. So check that out, our stories archive. And then you can also uh, um, have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash soul knocks podcast. And on that Patreon, um, going to be, uh, tr- I try to do about two to four bonus episodes a month so far. Uh, I think one month they had, you know, three or something. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to get some out this month. Um, have a, uh, Dracula series I'm doing on there, uh, where I'm working through the, uh, history of the Dracula movies that I love. And, uh, I'm try to get some other stuff going up on the Patreon. So you can go check that out. The last episode, Patreon only episode I released was with my friend Matt Prizo, where we talk about Nosferatu 1922, which was a great episode. So if you like Nosferatu, uh, yeah, you know, two dollars a month is less than a cup of coffee. So you know, uh, and it helps me out a lot. So yeah, and uh, so yeah, I hope you guys all have a good Fourth of July. Uh, let's celebrate the the founding of this country. You know, what whatever you think about the way that it's gone, the way that it is at this current point. I personally do believe in the foundational ideas of, of the country, of liberty and freedom and the pursuit of happiness. And I believe that these ideas are things that should be, um, are important and should be, um, should be maintained and upheld at all times in the face of tyranny. And, uh, you know, this is something that's very important, the idea of liberty and freedom. And uh, I think this country was is is at its heart an attempt to to kind of um, you know try to try to create this experiment of this idea, and yet it hasn't always been pretty. I mean the and uh, particularly in more recent times, it's definitely gotten I think um, fucked up by money and corporations and uh, you know greed and pure criminality. You know. But uh, the essential ideas of the country, I think, are valid. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, I hope everybody has a 4th of July and uh, have a good day in liberty and freedom and pursuit of happiness. So hope you guys enjoy. Hail Satan.
Fourth of July special special going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> the um, a horror hotel Fourth of July special, and we're covering uh, Jaws. So, the um, it actually been a while since I seen Jaws last. I think you watch it's it every year, year, right? I watch. Yeah, I watch it once a year at this time of year. Yeah. I think the last time I watched Jaws was probably about 10 years ago because I watched okay. Jaws 1 and 2 around that time. So, right. But I mean, it's one of those movies that I saw so much as a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that some of those movies I watched like a lot as a kid, as an adult, I haven't watched as much just because like I literally remember every single thing that happens in them when you, when you watch them over and over when you're a kid, you know? <laughs> right. But it's always nice to go back and rewatch him as an adult, particularly if you haven't seen it in a while. So, oh yeah, like even I watch it every year. It's funny sometimes I'll still catch little things that, like, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like this movie has a lot of a lot of stuff going on that that um we can definitely talk about, and definitely like I think the experience of watching this movie as um as an adult is different from watching it when you're, you know, whatever eight years old or whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. The, um, it's definitely like, I definitely like picked up on some different stuff, but the, um, yeah, obviously it's a uh, 4th of July, which is a very appropriate for the movie as it's, you know, basically set on 4th of July, you know, so yeah. around, around the 4th of July, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, of course, Jaws, this film was released in 1975. And of course, is uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. I mean, I think everybody knows that. <laughs> uh, based on the 1974 novel by Peter Benchley. Something I learned today because I listened to some podcasts about it is that um, uh, I guess th- the novel was sold before it even came out. Like they they bought the the novel rights w- before okay. it even come out. Yeah, so that's why it came out so fast because they were already basically in production on the movie, like in like 19, you know. Like they they bought the rights and stuff in like nineteen seventy three or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. So um yeah, Peter Benchley novel, which of course became a bestseller after the movie came out, right? Um yeah. and uh yeah, it stars let's see, Roy Schneider is Martin Brody, police chief. And we got uh Richard Dreyfus playing um playing Hooper. And uh we got um um Oh, fuck. What's his name? Um, Robert Shaw. Robert Shaw. Yeah, playing Quint. Those are the main characters of the movie. Um, we'll get into the other as we go on. But yeah, then... Um, oh, yeah. Murray Hamilton is the mayor and Lorraine Gra- Gary as uh, Brody's wife. So, uh, And uh, the screenplay was written um, primarily by Benchley, who wrote the first drafts, and then um, Carl Gottlieb, rewrote this stuff during principal photography and he plays like um he's also in the movie he plays like one of the newspaper guys in the movie guys like taking pictures and stuff like that like you know like in the later on when they um so yeah he's like the he he actually was doing all the they were like doing extensive rewrites while the movie was being being made right um yeah i guess we can um kind of uh I mean, let's start off how we do, and then how we usually do, which is like, when did you see Jaws the first time? First time I saw it, I was seven years old, 
and I watched it on TV with my grandpa because it's just on. He's like, oh, let's watch this together. I think you'll like it. Yeah. And then he tells me halfway through the movie, oh, don't worry. They died a long time ago. The shark already ate him. This is just fake blood now just to scare me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't remember when I, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I was probably around that same age when I first saw this movie. I think, like, uh, it's hard for you to remember exact dates, but, I, you know, obviously if my dad showed me, like, Nightmare on Elm Street when I was six or whatever, he probably showed me Jaws right. at the same time, you know, like, um, it's kind of one of those movies like Poltergeist, like, where I don't quite remember the exact date I saw it, you know, like, because yep. it's just, and so, like, all the, you know, I've seen Jaws so many times, you know, and, uh, oh, yeah. Like, but it, um, definitely made impact on me. I was probably around that age, like six or seven. The, um, like, and of course, you know, my dad and I used to go down to, um, down to, uh, Florida, you know, uh, Sometimes, like pretty often, like not maybe not every year, but every other year or something like that, we go down to Florida right. to visit, visit um uh, the part of my you know, because like, my my grandma was down in Florida, and my uncle and stuff, my cousins. Yeah. So we'd go down there. So I spent a lot of time in Florida, you know, going, you know, and I remember going to like Sea World and all that kind of stuff when I was a kid. You know what I mean? And just being like, I think this movie is funny because you know, obviously it's kind of a horror movie with a shark, but for some reason actually like made me, um, uh, obsessed with sharks <laughs> for a while. Yes, when I was a kid. Yeah. Yep. I started buying all these shark books and then there's like that cartoon show that came out. It was like rip off turtles about sharks. Like, Oh my God, it's like jaws, but they're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I was, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, girl obsessed with sharks. I used to watch, read them, all that stuff. And, and yeah. it was inspired from this movie. You know, and and um, of course, when you start reading about sharks, you start realizing, okay, like you know, shark. This sharks. There's no sharks that's gonna be like fucking jaws. Like they don't act like right. that. I mean, but um, but yeah, you know, like still was pretty interesting. And I mean, there was a while where I had this kind of idea of like wanting to get into like some type of ocean biology or something like this when I was a kid. Yeah, you know, you know how kids have like these kind of like things like where you're like, oh yeah, let's do that. But then, yep. I think I was like, um, and I was like looking into like learning how to scuba dive and do all this stuff like that as as well. Like, I was like right. pretty serious about it. But um, I was probably like an adolescent. But I remember going um, snorkeling in Florida. Like one time, like it was one of the first times I ever had to get off a boat into deep water. You know. Uh-huh. And that kind of cured my cured my like um, just <laughs> cured that that idea. <laughs> like I was like, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> yeah, I still have never been in the ocean. It terrifies me. <laughs> yeah, not, just, not because of Jaws. It just terrifies me. I'm like, wait, we know more about space in our own damn ocean. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I like swimming in the ocean, but um, I'm not 100 percent like convinced about being out into the deep ocean, like uh, you know where it's like. You can't touch the bottom, you know. Like, you're, it particularly right. get particularly, it's like a, a kind of experience of getting out of a boat into the water like that, like, and it's deep, and you can't quite see. Yeah. And um, and you have like your fins on and your snorkel and stuff, and you know, I mean, like, uh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely, 
particularly as a kid, was a little bit like intimidating, a little bit, I guess. So, yeah, yeah, and I mean, of course, we're living in the middle of the like. There's no ocean near us, so no, and I don't think there's any sharks in Cherry Creek. No, I don't think so. But yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, I mean, the beginning of the movie is, of course, absolutely iconic. You got the whole scene with them like, at the beach. You know yep. what I mean, like that, and they're uh, by the fire, and a bunch of hippies getting 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 drunk and high or whatever, right? And then you got the girl and the guy go running off, and she gets naked, jumps in the water, you know, and so, at night. And I'm like, yeah. Think about night. I mean, I've never been swimming at night, but I've heard that it can be pretty. Um, the problem with swimming at night is you can lose if you lose sight of the land, you don't know which way is the land because it's dark. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I'm sure it could be kind of a relaxing experience, but all oh, but like, you know, that one guy who's like super drunk. I don't think he's swimming nowhere. <laughs> no, I don't think you know. But I mean, it's funny because you think of this movie. It's a PG movie, and within the first two minutes, you got a naked woman like swimming. <laughs> right. It was really funny. It's on 4K. That is crystal clear. Yeah, you can see everything. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, that's stuff you probably weren't supposed to meant to see. <laughs> right, yeah. Because an original print's like a little bit more in the shadow. Yeah. But you can still see as uh, she's naked. You see, like, I mean, full frontal nudity for a second. You know, it's like. Right. Yeah, I mean, 70s were wild. Um, yeah, they were. And, of course, yeah, the scene, the first, you know, I just love the fact that we're literally, you know, two minutes in the movie and we're already watching a girl get killed, you know? Yeah, right. It's very, it's very like, I guess it's kind of like if you're watching um, the opening of Halloween or the opening of Friday the 13th. I mean, Jaws is basically like a, a slasher, you know? Oh, yeah. So it's like he like kills this girl. And then, of course, the next day you get um, this one we get introduced to Brody and his wife. And they know they have the kids. And, um, I think that uh, Roy Schneider as as Brody is like an amazing character. Like, I always liked him when I was a kid, right? Um, and watching him, watching him as an adult, I like him even more because he's very like um, he's not conceited. Like, he wants to do the do the right thing. Like, he doesn't pretend like he's like some macho dude who knows everything. You know what I mean? Like, he's like yeah. Uh, you know, you kind of learn that that this that they're from New York, and you know they're, and of course I I should say the movie set in a fictional place called Amity, which was filmed at um, uh, what do you call it? Um, Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard, yeah. Um, so you know they come out here. I probably have like a quiet life, you know, a little bit. Yep. Something a little bit different from I'm sure being a cop in New York isn't very much fun. <laughs> Especially in the 70s. Yeah, especially in the 70s. It was pretty scary, I'm sure. Right. So, yeah, so they're out here. Um, you know, he's he's at home. He gets a phone call, and, and that's when and you hear him kind of, like, being like, uh, like, what happens when, you know, like, do they wash up or something? Like, you, you kind of hear him, like, so you can kind of understand from context, like, what they're calling him about, you know? Yep. And um, and he goes down, and and that's when they find the body parts of of the uh, the girl, you know, right? Um, which is pretty gruesome. Yeah, supposedly there's like even more they were supposed to show, but Spielberg didn't like the way it came out. 
Yeah, they don't go super hard. Um, yeah. With the gore in this part, obviously. I mean, you see just a little bit, right? Like, yeah. You know, and um, it's still, it's enough. It's, it's still pretty gross. And uh, Oh, yeah. And, you know, then he's, then he goes back to the station and, and, um, and, you know, he's dealing with like all the small town bullshit, like people come up and like complaining about dumb stuff, you know, and eventually he gets a phone call from the coroner who says that it was a shark attack, you know, and yep. so Brody's like, oh, okay, we got to close the beaches, all the stuff he goes to go do that. And, um, and then he's, um, uh, he's like, uh, as he's doing that, he, you know, he goes to get like paint and stuff to go close the beaches, right? Do some paint signs or whatever. And then he, um, uh, they find out there's like boy scouts out there swimming. So he's going to try to go out and try to get them out of the water. And as he's getting on the ferry to go do that, all of a sudden the mayor drives up behind him. So, that, you know, now we're introduced to the mayor, right? Yep. And the mayor is like, Cause yeah, cause the mayor like talked to the other officer and found out what was going on, and uh, and this part is so funny because it's just so like corrupt, you know. He's just like, oh yeah, it's like uh, maybe it wasn't a shark attack, maybe it was a it was a boat, you know. <laughs> yep. Like yeah, um, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, like he's like literally like forces the coroner to change his thing like right there and then, you know. Yeah. I mean, in the book, he's like, he's like, you know, in bed with the mob, basically. Right. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. So I feel like in a way that almost makes even more sense for why he's so fucking. You know, because it's actually kind of funny because what's worse, like the way he is in this movie where he's just pure greed. That's like driving him. You know what I yeah. mean? Or that if he doesn't make the money's kneecaps are going to get busted. I mean, I almost feel like it's, it's worse than the way the movie is. And if you have like a, the mob thing going on in the background, you know, what I mean? right. No, that <laughs> makes that, way more sense. At least it gives him like some type of, um, a little bit of like, uh, depth, you know, he's not just like, but yeah, he's definitely like, I remember when the podcast listening to today, he's like, it was like, he's like the, the other, the other villain of the movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> That part was like crazy, you know. It's like, why, well, you know, well, like Roy Schneider wants to do the right thing, yeah, and then they don't let him. So then the next thing, scene we see them, we're at they're at the beach, and Roy Schneider's character is like Brody is like, um, you know, he's with the with his his kid, you know, his two kids, his two sons, one's older and one's like, a, a, I don't know, probably probably. I mean, how old do you think these kids are? Like one is probably like nine or ten, the other is probably what like four or five yeah that's what i was always thinking yeah they're out there no older than 11 but yeah i don't think so although it's it's kind of funny because if you think about the sequel like they <laughs> age him up to be like a teenager already you know right but um yeah like yeah he's probably yeah i don't know 10 or 11 something like that and yeah. um they're out there at the beach and whatnot and Roy Schneider is like trying to keep an eye out because I mean he knows there's a shark out there and he doesn't you know he's pretty intense he's pretty on edge right and um, oh yeah and I think this whole scene is just like fucking incredible like so tense because you you just feel like 
you know all this all these things have he's like you know he's like looking at the people like there's a lady floating in the water there's like right you know that one girl's like screaming but turns out it's her boyfriend messing with her you know like yeah and um and then i think that the the this you know there's a the guy playing of his dog throwing the thing out out the dog's going swimming out and getting the stick and bring it back yeah and the, i think the the real like first knock that you know something bad's gonna happen is when he's like calling his dog's name like he doesn't you yeah. know what i mean he's like pippin yeah. pippin yeah yep. and they're like uh-oh <laughs> like, oh shit and then uh the dog yeah and then uh what's that kid that's the kid's name um Kincaid uh, or something alex kent or something like that yeah yeah alex something yeah so there's a kid out there on a yellow raft you know and and all of a sudden they see the shark fin come up right and people yeah. start freaking out and they're trying to get out and all of a sudden you just see fucking blood <laughs> in right. the water right you know like you don't see too much and have you ever like, seen the photo a photo of what of him where they were going to do a different scene where they're going to show jaws come up completely and chomp him in half no i haven't seen that that photo is terrifying i'll have to send it to you yeah i think they got a little cold feet about like just like straight up like brutally murdering a kid on on screen you know it's okay to do it like where you but maybe they were like maybe let's not like show this kid getting ripped in half right <laughs> yeah so yeah so everything gets up in the, um that part where the mom is like yelling like like for a kid and stuff like that's always this is like it's real sad you know yeah and then it's funny because that that lady kind of looks like my mom a little bit <laughs> okay so i was always like I don't know. It's like, you know, that thing where she doesn't quite look like your mom, but just a little bit. I've always thought that she looked kind of like my mom. Right. So, you know what's like, funny, though, about the kid that got eaten? What's that? Like, his real, I can't think of his last, his first name, his last name is Voorhees. Uh, and, which is just funny. Yeah. But I guess uh, he owned a restaurant, I think, actually near Martha's Vineyard or something. And yeah, I think, lady, I think he was a local kid. Yeah, I think so. And this lady came in to the restaurant to eat and she was like oh you know there's a boy i played his mother in jaws and yeah. i heard that story because they had a burger that's named after him yeah and he's like oh that's me and they haven't seen each other since they filmed that scene yeah <laughs> yeah i remember i heard that story i was like that's 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 funny yeah because i think that a lot of the people like the extras and stuff were all locals and so yeah yeah, so he was he was actually just kind of basically an extra, essentially. You know, what I mean, like they, but I guess they paid him a little more because he had a few speaking lines. But you know, right? <clears throat> yeah, that, I think it's funny that he named a burger after that character, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, the um, and so yeah, and then of course you get the raft kind of floating in, and it's got like the the jaw mark, you know, the tooth marks on it. Yep. Uh, which is a pretty pretty creepy uh, creepy scene. I feel like. Oh yeah, dude. Um, yeah, but that whole scene is just amazing. Like, you, particularly the shot when when Brody uh, is sitting there and they start hearing the um, when he starts realizing what's going on and does that that shot where it's like focusing in on him and you know what I mean. Yep. I got such an uh, iconic scene. I've heard that that 
they actually call that kind of shot a jaw shot now because it's so like tied in this movie okay yeah um which yeah, i mean the whole cinematography for the movie is beautiful like some of the shot compositions and stuff in this movie is amazing like the way that they got oh, yeah, everybody like lined up and yeah it's amazing particularly like later on when you get onto the boat and everything like some of these shots are just like incredible right but, but it, it's like every you know throughout the whole movie it's like that i mean it, it's crazy to think this was steven spielberg's second movie or third movie rather sorry yeah there's a second movie to go in a theaters because his first movie was the tv movie duel right but i mean this i mean this movie is like a fucking like like master class of, of filmmaking you know what i mean <laughs> yep and it's funny with everything that went wrong with this movie yeah if everything help make it what it is <laughs> yeah if everything went wrong it's still like a master class you know it's crazy yep but yeah so the next scene is um uh oh yeah so they're um fucking um uh, this is when the little lady puts out the bounty for the for the for the shark that killed her son. You know, three thousand dollars. You know, yeah. And uh, and then they get fucking inundated with fucking jackasses. You know, like coming in to try to like make the money. But I think we there's like a town town hall meeting that they have about it all and everything. And and they're like, oh, we're gonna close the beaches for twenty four hours. You know, like yeah, <laughs> like so dumb. Yeah, right. so, don't, don't worry about that kid that died. We'll reopen. Yeah, we'll reopen. We got to be open on the fourth, you know. That's right. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, like, and the, even the people in the fucking town hall are like wanting to be open. They're like, you're like twenty four hours is like three weeks, you know. <laughs> right. There's like so like upset. You're like, the kid just fucking got eaten, man. <laughs> um, right. And of course, yeah. So you got three thousand dollar bounty. I think the next part is when um, those guys go out to try to get the bounty, right? Yep. And I think actually before that, you see a shot of a Brody at home reading the books about sharks. Like he's trying to learn about sharks, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because that's when she's like, "It's okay if he's out there. He's never probably going the water again." That's actually a really great scene. Yeah, yeah. Like you see, how he doesn't want him to be like him because he doesn't like the water. Exactly, yeah, because Brody, like, we find out earlier that Brody fucking hates, like, he hates the water. He doesn't like being on boats. No. Nope. He, doesn't, he doesn't swim, <laughs> you know, like, he's, like, afraid of drowning. And, right. Um, and, um, yeah, we find out that about him. And, yeah, he doesn't want his kids to be afraid of it, but, like, yeah, he doesn't want them to be out on it because they bought a boat for the older son, right? Yeah. His birthday. And yeah. he's just out there on the dock, like, sitting in the boat. And he doesn't really want them. I want him to be out there. And then his wife's like, it's okay. He's on the dock, whatever. And then she looks over and sees a fucking a drawing or whatever of like the sharks, like eating the boat or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, get off the boat. <laughs> you heard your father. <laughs> now. <laughs> Which I think is a funny scene. Right. Yeah. So she's like, you want to get drunk and fool around? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, we see that, and then we see these two fucking idiots going out with like his wife's like pot roast, right? Yeah, and they're like on the dock, basically throwing this shit. I think what they did is they um they went on a boat. I kind of figured this out. Is that what they were doing? Is that 
they guess they took their whole or whole meat cooler. We find out later. So what they were doing is they were throwing meat out into the water, trying to track the shark back to land, right? Right. And then throw okay. the big pot roast on the hook when they're on the land on the on, you know. Yeah. But you know the shark gets hold of it and rips the whole fucking thing down, right? Yep. And it's a real tense scene where this guy's like trying to get back to the back to the the dock, like he's swimming, and and you can see the the other part of the dock like coming towards him, you know, because you know the shark's oh, coming yeah. at him. That's a pretty tense scene. Yeah, it is. And I couldn't remember how it ended last night when I was watching it, because I hadn't seen the movie in a while. I was like, does that say I get fucking eaten? You know, it's actually a little tense. Right. I was like, I don't remember if he gets eaten or not. <laughs> he does. He doesn't. But yeah, they. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the next day is when all, all hell breaks loose and all these idiots come and try to, like, hunt the shark, right? Yeah. And it's literally just, like, all these dumb fucks from all over. Like, right. you think, oh, yeah, we're going to hunt the sharks, and they got, like, dynamite and all this stupid shit, you know, and they're, like... All the chum crashing into each other. But I should mention, I did forget, we got to go back a few steps to the town hall meeting, which is where we oh, yes. meet Quint when he scratches the... Uh, the chalkboard, right? Yep. And that's when he says, I'll, I'll get that shark for you or whatever, you know. I'll, I'll get that bird for you. I think that's what he says. Yeah. And uh, and he, he says, oh, you guys can hire me for $10,000. He's like, you know where I am. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we got to make sure make, next. That's when we first meet Clint. Played yeah. by uh, Robert Shaw. Uh, but yeah, so we're back to the future, to the present of where we're at. We got the fucking... Uh, all the stuff going on, and they're trying to like corral everybody, and that's when we get met. We meet um, um, Hooper, uh, yes. played by uh, by Richard Dreyfus. And uh, the funny thing about it is that Richard Dreyfus in this movie, with like the way his hair was and his beard and stuff, looks exactly like my dad. <laughs> yeah, like my dad, like my uncle Jazz. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I like keep like my dad, particularly back in like when I like in the eighties and seventies when he he like, I have pictures of him and they look almost exactly the same, the same hair, okay. same beard. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's kind of like, sometimes I watch it, I'm like kind of like it's so weird how much right. they look like each other with the glasses and everything. So in this movie, we got a lady who looks like my mom and a lady who looks like my the guy who looks like my dad. So <laughs> kind of funny. That is funny. So yeah, um, and uh, yeah, he played. He's a character. He's hot. Hooper is a character from. Um, he's a. He's like from a marine. Um, what do you call it? Like uh, some type of marine biology type of thing. I forget what's called. Yeah, I, I forget what's called too. Um, but yeah, Brody actually called called them to have some send somebody out who's like an expert in sharks to help him deal with the whole situation. So this is when they yep. first meet, and uh, I feel like they have a really good like camaraderie like from the beginning don't you think yeah i do too yeah like like pretty much from the start they're like you know you know like obviously like it's like that that type of thing where you become friends like almost like pretty yep. fast you know like and um particularly with how how hop hooper is like um you know helping him you know in a lot of ways they try to like be a voice of fucking reason, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, um, I love when he tells him on the boat, uh, the officer back there, like, you know, get off the boat. Ah, well, can you tell me where's a good diner? Yeah, walk that way. 
Oh, you're all gonna die. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever. You guys are fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and Hooper's like, yeah, it's kind of lies cracking. He's like a rich guy who um, isn't really too pretentious about his money. He tries to use his money to study sharks, basically, you know? Yeah. From a rich family or whatever. And um, and so the first thing they do is he, he wants to go look at the first victim. Because uh, I think that's the only victim they have parts of. <laughs> yep. And um, at least uh, that they show us. I don't know if... if they never mention having having parts of the boy. No. I think Jaws just snatched him up like a little treat. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, so uh so yeah, so they go to look at the body parts and uh I like how Hooper's like trying not to throw up. <laughs> right. Like breathing heavy, like they bring like a bucket with all the parts in it. Yeah. So and uh so yeah, gross. Yeah, it's really gross, and and so it's like I think it's cool though because from what he's so we get we can paint a picture in our mind of what's going on, like what yeah. happened to her basically through him, like because he's like speaking into like a tape recorder or something. Yeah, and like and uh, from looking at the body, he can basically say, "Yeah, this is no boating accident." <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a fucking shark, you know, with a really big mouse man. Yeah. Uh, which then later on, these fucking doofuses like fucking get a shark, but it's just sadistic. Some like kind of, you know, tiger sharks not that big. I don't think. No, I don't think so. Like, I mean, I mean, it's a pretty big tiger shark, but I mean, it's not gonna be eating somebody. Like, right? Up, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they all think that they, yeah, they they got it, and they're they're taking pictures, and you know, it's like this whole thing, like where they're trying to like, but yeah, it's done, it's good, you know. Yeah. And the only person who's trying to like rain on the parade is Hooper, where he's like, This is not a shark, like it's not doesn't have the right mouth span, like all this stuff, but the only way we can know is by cutting it open. And the mayor's like, You're not cutting that open. I wanna see some kid fall out of here or whatever. Right. And then the then the fucking mom walks up, right? Yep. And she blames fucking Chief Brody, even though it was the mayor's fault, you know? Right. She slaps him on the face. And the mayor, like, after that's like, Oh, it's not your fault. You know, like like so nobody yeah. can hear. Like, <laughs> right? Oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> You're like, why? Why didn't you tell her that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> letting me take the blame, you fucking asshole. <laughs> right? He's such a fucking little skis bag. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah. So, I think after this, like, you have the scene where they're at where we're at Brody's house and they're having dinner. That's that scene yeah. that everybody like likes a lot, where his son's like like mirroring him basically. Yeah. Which I, I know a lot of people like that scene. Yeah, they do. A lot of people do. I don't really know why, but they do. I, I have no clue. Yeah. I don't really get it, but, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, and uh, they're having dinner, and then uh, Hooper comes over, brings some wine. They're out talking. We get a little bit more information about, you know, why Brody doesn't like the water and all this stuff. And, and, um, and then, uh, you know, they're talking and Brody is like, well, let's go cut that fucking fish open, you know? <laughs> yeah. So they go down, they cut it open and, you know, there's like some pieces of, of some other fishes. There's a, there's a fucking license plate. There's a yeah, can. I love the, it says 007 too. 
Yeah, double seven as a fucking Louisiana license plate. And I think part yeah. of that that joke is that I think the newest um, James Wan movie at the time that came out was the one that was um, uh, Live and Let Die with Roger Moore. Okay. I'm pretty sure that was like the new, and which was set in the South. <laughs> right. So it's like, I feel like there's like a little couple layers of jokes in that. Yeah. And I know that um, the other thing too was that Steven Spielberg wanted to make a James Bond movie. And right. I think that um, he was approached, they approached him to make a James Bond, I think it was to make Live and Let Die. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he couldn't do it because he was making Jaws. So there's oh, like okay. so there's like a lot of layers of jokes to that that license plate being 007 like okay. a little hint at at a bunch of things. <laughs> nice. Cuz yeah, cuz he cuz if he hadn't been making jaws, he might have been making James Bond said. Right. But uh, yeah, probably making jaws was the better thing for his yeah. career in the long run, but Oh yeah. Um yeah, so uh so then that's when they go out on on Hooper's boat, which has like all these like modern technology things like radar and sonar and all this stuff, you know? Yep. And I love that. I love this whole scene because fucking Brody's like wearing like his life preserver. <laughs> you, uh-huh. you know what I mean? <laughs> he's like so like he's like so scared basically to be out there. Right. I feel like that's when you see Rick some of the parts of Roy Schneider really does a really good job, you know? Oh yeah. Like he makes you like in this whole scenes, you see him, how he's like, feels bad about what happened. You know, he, he, even though he knows it's not his fault, he kind of blames himself for not taking, probably blames himself for not taking bigger stance against the mayor. Like, you know, like he's like fighting as the politics there, you know, like you can see all this stuff with them and he doesn't have to say it. He's just, he's just the way he's acting it, you know? Yeah. And he's just like a real likable guy, and um, and I mean they're both real likable, and they're they're out there, um, kind of patrolling around trying to find the shark, basically. Like they're in the yep. the area that they think the shark kind of is hunting right now. And uh, and they catch something on a sonar, and it's big, and they go towards it, and there's a fucking fucked up boat floating real low in the water, <laughs> yep. which is real creepy to see, right? Yeah, it is. Like you're out there in the middle of the ocean, and all of a sudden there's this like fucking boat, right? And and Brody's like, let's just tow it back in, and and H- Hooper's like, well, let me let me just see something real quick. He pulls on his wetsuit, gets and jumps in, or his dry suit, or whatever. And um, and this part, like this part that that I think scares a lot of people, right? Like he gets in the water, oh. right? Yeah, and he's yeah. like swimming around, and he sees like how the shark like destroyed the boat, like there's a really big hole in the boat. Yeah. He goes towards it and he sees like this whole, big old hole in this fucking boat and there's a big shark tooth like the size of his hand basically. Yeah. Like I mean well, it's the size of like maybe his his palm you know. Right. Stuck in this thing and as he's going to go get that out all of a sudden the fucking bam the fucking dead face of the guy whose boat it is is like floating in front of him. Yep. Who was mentioned like twice in like two different scenes before that. Right, yeah. Yep. And um and he drops all the shit. And I guess this was a last minute um addition. Which Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, like Steven Spielberg paid for it from by himself. Because the thing about right. the production is the the production literally went 
because of all the problems they had, which we can get into a little bit later, production yeah. went over like it was supposed to be a three point five million, ended up being a nine million dollar film. <laughs> right, it went like literally like you know five or six million dollars over budget, basically, you know. <laughs> yeah, and so, so they're not going to pay for any uh, any reshoots. So he he they did no. this like in the fu- somebody's like somebody's like pool somewhere. This whole part. Right. So I think it's probably one of the only parts of the movie that's not filmed in actual water, like you know, out in the out in the ocean. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's a very effective jump scare. I kind of forgot about that scene when when I was watching last night. I was like, oh shit, there's a fucking dead dead face there, man. <laughs> right. Um, it still amazes me that movie's PG. Well, they didn't have PG thirteen back then, so that's true. They did not. I mean, this movie would probably be PG thirteen now, I'd imagine, right? But. That, that or R. Yeah. Well, like I said, the seventies were a wild time. <laughs> Say more. That's right. Um. Yeah. The. Uh, so now they're trying to convince the the mayor and everybody, like, no, we got to shut this shit down. Like, there's still a big shark out there. We found another body. You know, like, there's another dead person. And they're like, yep. they're not, they're not having it. No, they're not. The mayor's like, well, where's the tooth? He's like, well, I dropped it. He's like, uh-huh, yeah, okay. You know, and they, he almost gets into it. Like the, I feel like him and Ho- Hooper are about to fucking, Hooper is about to fucking just bust him in the face in the scene, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> and they're, like, arguing, and and yeah. then, like, the mayor's like, look at the sign, like, the billboard. Right. There's, like, the shark on it and stuff. That's what you take care of, and Brody's looking at him like, I fuck the sign. <laughs> yeah, there's people fucking dying, you asshole. Right. So then finally, like, so the mayor's basically like, we're going to be open July 4th, no matter That's what. Right. You know, uh, you just need to bring extra people in or something. So next thing we got was got see everybody coming in for 4th of July. Yep. There's tons and tons of people coming. Beach is packed, right? Like, um, yeah. And I mean, they got a bunch of boats and armed guys out in the water and they got a helicopter going over. So, I mean, I guess they're trying to be as safe as possible, right? Right. Uh, but yeah, no one's going in the water, right? So, oh. like, yeah. And um, there's all this part where the mayor walks up to the guy. He's like, "Why are you guys are in the water?" Yeah. <laughs> the mayor's like well, in his like suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like so he forces out there to get eaten for me. Yeah, it forces the guy to go out in the water with his family, which I think is yeah. fucked up. Oh, to backtrack real quick, you know the reporter that talked about like there's a cloud over this place and it's a shark. Yeah, it's Peter Benchley. Yeah, it's Peter Benchley himself. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny. Like I didn't realize when I was watching. I was thinking, I heard about that today when I was listening. Yeah, the podcast, and I was like, "That's crazy." I think he was a an actor or something. Okay. Yeah, he's in movies as well. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so uh, you got all the stuff. So also now everybody's going into water and whatever, and they're trying to keep an eye out. Yeah, and then uh, all of a sudden you see like fucking shark fin, right? Yeah. Everybody freaks out. The stampedes out of the water. They're like running over each other. All this stuff, you know, like it's fucking. It's so funny. Like it looks like literally like how you'd imagine. I it's exactly how I'd imagine something like that. Where I love the guy who like runs through the kids. You know what I mean? He's like, get out way, <laughs> get away, move it, kid. Everybody for the wrong. Yeah, like you see people like stomping like old people and stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, like yep, this seems about right to me. <laughs> yep. 
And uh, but then oh, it turns out it's some fucking kids playing a joke. Yeah, <laughs> which is fucked up, dude. <laughs> right. Oh, the kids like he made me do it. <laughs> he made me do it. It was all his idea. Yeah, he was like, man, that's fucked up. But then, um, and actually, one of the lifeguards in that scene is Steven Spielberg as well. Oh, is it? Yeah, so one of the lifeguards is Steven Spielberg. So if you keep an eye out. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think he's one of the ones who's like yelling or something. Right. Um. Yeah, but then. There's like I guess like uh, what what would it be called like a lagoon or something like that they call it the pond but it's like yeah it's like a lagoon it's like a piece of water right where it's like there's a kind of a bridge going over it it's not part of the ocean it's like out you know it's like there's a bridge going over it and there's like a little like lagoon I guess like surrounded by it, except for one yep. entrance and exit right and yep. um. And all of a sudden, and that's where like Brody's son is out there, like on his boat, you know, with yeah. his friends. And they're doing that, and then some other guy comes up, to make sure they're okay. And then this lady looks over, and there's the the fucking sharks going in the lagoon. Yeah, and she's yelling shark, shark, and she's yelling. Everybody's not sure, and then as she starts yelling more and more loud, loud, and then Brody's running over. And all of a sudden, we see the fucking guy's boat like go over, and then he's getting ripped apart, and we see his fucking leg go in the water, like all the way down, which is pretty gruesome for a PG that movie. Terrified me as a kid, like seeing that guy's leg fall off and stuff. Yeah, or the whole thing of like his boat getting knocked over and him getting like eaten and everything. Yeah, no, but mostly it was the leg when it fell upon us. Further terrified me. Yeah, and I mean, it, this is probably the first time we've really seen. Cause we see the shark going in, you know, right. you the fin, you can see the, the body of it kind of. And I think you kind of see a little, you don't see it too much, but you do kind of see it coming up a little bit and eating him, but it's not very, it's probably the, you know, it's the first time you kind of see him a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, and particularly in a minute when you start, when like they see the shark going back out and, and Brody's trying to, I think they're trying to shoot at it or something. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so the guy's boat getting knocked over knocks over Brody's son's boat, right? And next thing you know, they're pulling him out, and he's got shock for some reason. I guess I guess the whole whole thing put him into shock, right? Yeah. And they take him to the hospital. And I love this part where the mayor kind of slinks in. <laughs> oh God, I love it. He's all drunk, like he's just slinks in, like he's like he looks so ashamed of himself. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm gonna die. <laughs> and. And Brody's like, Brody's like, you're in Shark Island now, like, <laughs> and ain't no, no, nobody's coming here. <laughs> yeah, they think you want to, you know, feed everybody. Yeah, and he's like, you got to sign us so we can hire Quint to go kill the fucking kill the shark. And that's right. he's like, my kids are out there too, Marty. Yeah, he's like, we'll sign the fucking. Brody's like, I don't give a fuck. I yeah. warned you. Exactly. You're like, man. Now, oh, now your kids are in danger. Now it's like, now you care, you know? It's like, yeah, now it's real fuck off. But, made uh, me look like the asshole. Yeah, made me look bad. Fucking asshole. Yeah, I mean, he's such an asshole. Yeah. So, yeah, so they sign the paper, and so the next thing we see is they're going to go hire Quint, you know? Yep. And they're at Quint's like little shop, and, and the whole thing's covered in shark jaws, you know? Shark teeth, like he's obviously 
you know, he's got he's got a vendetta against some sharks, which we find out a while right. later, you know. And uh and yeah, this whole this whole scene, like his interaction with Hooper and everything, you know, like it's definitely some dick swing in there, you know. Oh yeah. Like uh and I think the his whole uh, Clint and Hooper's relationship is real, you know, it's it's very com- combative, but you kind of feel like <clears throat> there's also a little bit of like um I don't know how to explain, but I mean you seem like it seems like particularly a little bit later, Quint seems to like be like like he's kinda of relying on Hooper because Hooper actually knows how to fucking you know, run a boat and do all the sailing yeah. stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. But they had this kind of little like pissing contest at first, right? Yeah. Um yeah, so they hire him, they do all this stuff, and so now, you know, they're gonna go out onto the fucking boat to go hunt the shark, which kicks off like the kind of second half of the movie, you know. Yeah. And it's funny because I in my memory, I felt like this whole section was a little bit longer. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you kind of think that there's more, you know, like for some reason I felt like more it went on longer than it does, but I mean Right. Um, not in a bad way, just in the way that like, oh like No, I totally agree. Yeah, like it was went faster than I remembered it, you know? Yep. Um So they go out on um oh fuck, what's the boat called? It's called uh Oh god, I just know it too. Fuck. Oh, I know what I know what I know. It. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why I can't remember the name of the boat. Orca. Orca. Yeah, that's it. Orca. Yeah. So yeah, they're going on his boat, the Orca. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, they're they're going out, and um. I like how how Quint's trying to teach like. Brody, like how to like tie the knots and stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's it's good. Like they're going out, like when they're loading up the boat. Of course, it's funny. Like when Quint's giving Hooper a hard time for all his fancy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like the the shark cage. He's like, he's like, you're going down in the in the cage with that <laughs> in the cage yep. with the shark. <laughs> he starts singing his song, you know. <laughs> yep. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh uh-huh. But I think yep. the first thing that happens is they're out there and uh and the shark like they have the line out and right. when he's like trying to teach him like the fucking rope the knots or whatever. And then all of a sudden like the line starts going and the shark's got him, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're going, and like, um, I think the 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 line breaks, right? That's what happens in that part. Yeah, it breaks in the end. Yeah, it breaks in, and they're doing all those stuff. Um, uh, so then they're they're doing. Cooper doesn't believe it's the shark. Yeah, but then it fucking just breaks. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's the shark. Yeah, my shark's gonna break that. Like it's not gonna be a swordfish or something. Uh. So it's like, yeah, I can this scene like you kind of see like Hooper and Quint kind of are both a little bit like they got some hubris going on, you know what I mean? Yeah. So 
it's kind of like a mutual aspect of like them playing off each other like like um you know Hooper has to learn like in some cases that like Quint knows what he's talking about and Quint has to know Hooper knows what he's talking about as well, you know. Like, yeah. Uh but until they kind of figure out they're kind of button heads. But basically like I think that's when when Brody's like chumming, you know, he's putting the ch- chum out, right? Yeah. And that's when we see the fucking big old shark head pop out of the water. <laughs> You're like, oh shit, this shit is bigger than I thought. Yeah, that's like the first time you really see the head fully, and it's fucking humongous. Yes. Scary. He like stumbles back, walks up to Quint, of course, gives the immortal lines. You're gonna need a bigger boat. <laughs> that's right. Which like you were talking about the other night, you're like, I you always remind, remember it as we're gonna need a bigger boat. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of those lines. I th- right. unlike the Berenstein Bear thing, like uh this one's probably always been you you need a bigger boat, but Yeah. I don't I don't uh, the Berenstein Bears thing throws me off. I don't think that like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But uh, yeah, then that's when okay, so the sharks out there now they jump in the action. Fucking Quint gets his fucking harpoon gun right. Yeah, this is when yeah, and they like Hooper attaches like a tracking device to the to to they so they have like these like big like barrels. Yeah, it's supposed and, to like drown them, I think, right? Well, I think it's a few things. It's it's one is so it doesn't go underwater. Too That's right. This one part of it, which the other, so it can't go like too deep. The other part is that, th- so they can track it, so they right. know where it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So they they get one in there. I think they shoot a little bit and stuff, and then then it fucking takes the barrel right down. You know? Yeah. And they're like looking like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then um. I'm trying to remember, do they get a second barrel into it at this point, or is that later? I, no, I think they get one more into it because he's like, "No way can he take down two. Yeah, that's right. So they get—I think they get another one in him, and then next thing you know, he takes down both of them. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, <laughs> you know, he's like, "I never." He's always like starting to go, "What the fuck?" It's like, yeah, mega shark, you know. Yeah, and then next thing we know, it's nighttime. And they're out there, and we see like they're talking about um, showing off their scars, or whatever. Yeah. Which is, and then we get the fucking amazing monologue from from Quint. Yeah, we do. About being on the USS Indianapolis. Yep. Which uh, which is a real thing that happened. Which yes, it was. I guess it was classified for a long time. So the first time a lot of people even heard about it was in this movie. Right. And there's like a little controversy about who wrote it, but most people say it was John Milius. Okay. Who, you know, wrote Apocalypse Now and yep. Conan the Barbarian, you know? Yeah. Uh, who's a, yeah, he's a great screenwriter. And he, I mean, that would oh, make yeah. sense because he's like a military fucking nut. He knows everything about. Oh, yeah, he does. Like, he's like, he's like very often they use him for like, um, yeah, to make sure that movies are more realistic or whatever, like yep. military oh. stuff. Uh, yeah, he's like his gun nut, military nut. He's like, yeah, I mean, he was, he was like, 
he's always been kind of like a out there guy for Hollywood because he's he was like you know a Republican and stuff like that you know. Yeah. So nowadays you get a lot of people who try. They don't like they like don't like him because because of that. But I mean whatever. Right. Because but yeah, so I think he wrote this. In my opinion, it sounds like something that he would write. You know. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Particularly if you look at like Apocalypse Now or something like this is very Milius, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so he talks about the whole thing. Like, they're, they, this, this bill, I think, delivered like the nuclear bomb, right? Like, um, yeah. uh, and then it gets torpedoed by submarine and goes down. And as the guys, the guys, because they're, they did like a basically like a secret operation and nobody, they, you know, they couldn't send a, uh, a signal out, you know? Yeah. So they're like just like floating in the water, basically. And then the sharks come. And I guess, like, in re- the real life, the sharks mostly ate the dead bodies. Right. So it wasn't a lot of, like, guys who actually got eaten there. Because, yeah, I guess the sharks mostly came from dead bodies. Right. Most sharks don't even like the taste of humans, so. <laughs> no, they spit you right back out. Yeah. Just damn most- done. Yeah, they're mostly attracted to the blood. So if you got some dead bodies with all the blood and stuff, they're going to come and, like, check, check yeah. what's going on. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, but sometimes they could get like a feeding, these like feeding frenzies and stuff. And I think that's what happened then in the Indianapolis, but right. yeah. So Quinn's telling this whole story about that. And, um, yeah, I think it's like one of the best monologues of any movie ever, you know? Oh, hell yeah, it is, dude. Trickly, like you're out on the ocean, you're out on the boat, you know what I mean? Like it's nighttime. Like you f- can feel like the lapping of the waves, like, you know, like, He's telling the story, and it's so kind of creepy, you know? Oh, yeah. And the way he describes it, you feel like you're there. Yeah. Like, it's very, very evocative. Like, like I feel like Robert Shaw should have won the Academy Award that year for Best Supporting Actor or something, but I don't even think he was. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. But, I mean, he, that, that's, kind of a, that's kind of like an Academy Award like performance right there. Right. I guess the funny thing is, it's like he did it in two takes. So the first time he did it, he was drunk. Yeah, he fucked it up. Because I guess that was Robert Shaw's downfall was was alcohol. Yeah. Um. So then you know he was pretty like ashamed of himself, and so the next day he comes in, he's sober, and they do it, and he does does it perfectly in one take. Yeah. Yeah, but um, then they start like doing their like song thing. They're all singing along and. They're like doing the drums on the fucking thing. And then next thing you know, like as they're singing, you see the fucking, the fucking barrels come up onto the, up uh, uh, over the water, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is a very ominous scene, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is. You're like, oh, fuck. And so next thing yeah. you know, like the shark's fucking trying to do what it did to that other ship and trying to like break it, you basically. Right. Break through the hole, you know? Uh-huh. And it does manage to get some water coming in. Um, it doesn't quite break through the break through the hole this time, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the next day they're like basically spent all night trying to fix the fucking ship, you know, get all the water out as much as possible. And then all they're they're out there, and all of a sudden the barrels pop up again, you know. Yep. And um, and so then this starts off the next stage of things where they're like trying to like um. I think they get another barrel into it and then they're trying to like 
hook it up to the transom in the back of the ship. But then yep. the fucking shark like starts pulling the fucking ship <laughs> yeah. backwards and water is like coming spraying into the fucking boat and everything like so yep. they trying to like Quint comes in to try to like cut the lines but then the fucking the brackets break out, you know. Right. Now there's like all this water over the bottom of the ship, you know, like it's pretty fucked, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. It's fucking terrifying too. Yeah, it's very terrifying. And um I think uh I think they get another I forget like yeah, but I I forget all you know, exactly when they get like the barrels into it, they're like, you know, they're doing stuff like that. But now they're like, Okay, let's try to bring it into shallow water. So Yeah. They're driving down. I think they got like three barrels on the thing. It's coming after them. Yeah, because you watch them start eating the line. Yeah. And uh, they're they're driving. They're trying to drive into shallow water. And you see the shark like following them basically, right? Yep. Um, and uh, I think I think that's, how, that's what was going on. Um, and they, uh, they're going in, but Quint like pushes the boat too much. Yeah. But you're like, why are you doing this, man? Right. Like, Slow and steady would have been fine. Yeah, but he pushes it and fucks the engine up and blows up. And it's like, I don't know, there's something kind of, I think he starts to fucking fritz out, you know? Like, he's starting to go right. a little crazy, like, right? Like, I mean, it started with when he broke, earlier he broke the fucking radio. Yeah. Like, it's like he wants to kill, he wants to be the one taken in the shark, basically, right? You know? Yeah, it's kind of like Ahab. Yeah. It's kind of got this this kind of thing going on, and um, he's like, they get in, and it, the shark, the fucking boat, basically, you know, the engine blows up. The boat's basically sinking now. <laughs> yeah, you know, like the whole bottom of it's covered in water. Like they're basically fucked. So, yeah. like, you know, and I love the part where he comes out and he's got he throws them there like. The life, life, um, life fest, and he's just like back in his like coat and everything. He's kind of looking at it. I'm like, well, that's why he's like, well, what, what, like, what was your plan there, Hooper? You know, like, right. <laughs> what do you got there? So then yep. we find out that Hooper's plan was to get into this fucking shark cage and try to somehow jab this thing into <laughs> its mouth, which is, yeah. doesn't seem like a very good idea to me. <laughs> No, I was like, this is the worst idea ever. Like, did you think this through? <laughs> like, this little, like, needle. He's trying to put a bit needle into the shark to give it, like, this, like, stuff. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know about that, Hooper. But I, they're going to try it. I mean, they don't have anything to lose at this point. Yeah, at this point. So they put the, the cage together. Hooper gets into it with his stuff. And uh, basically, it takes the shark about two minutes, two seconds to break that fucking cage open. <laughs> Yo, I feel like it's like it's like very fast, you know. Yeah. Um, like you see a shark, and it's this one. A few scenes where they have a real shark. Um, in yep. the scene. Um, yeah, it's Silver's friend that went on vacation. Yeah, I think um, part of it too. What they did is is so like the the shark breaks into the thing. Hooper gets out, and then when you see the shark really like jam into it, like they guess they had a smaller cage with a so that the shark looked proportionally the right size, you know? Right. Although it doesn't quite work because the shark is obviously smaller than than the fake shark, but yeah. Um, but it's okay. 
But yeah, so yeah. Hooper like manages to get out of the cage before it starts eating on him, and he tries to go down and get his thing. Now we go back up, and they're trying to pull up the the thing, and they pull it up, and Hooper's not there, and the cage is all fucked up, right? Yep. So they, just, they just like drop it, and then next thing you know, the fucking shark just plops right at the end of the goddamn boat. <laughs> right. Just like rah, 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 like like you know like. And he found. Yeah, it's just this huge fucking shark, and. And pulls the boat, and they're like trying to hold on to not get eaten. And this part's yeah. terrifying. Like, I mean, I had like this, this like really, like, I would be so scared. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm gonna be shark meat now. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately for Quint, this is his, his moment to die yes, as he slides yes, down the thing. Is. And he's trying to like use his feet to keep it from like, you know, like as it's trying to like chew him. But he loses, and he like his feet go in. He's trying to stab at it as it's like as he's going into its mouth. He's like stabbing it, and it fucking chops, 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 and like it's such a terrifying scene. Yeah, it's horrifying. And so you're seeing like at one hand you're seeing him go into it. You literally like the shark is so big that it fits a human, grown human. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's chewing him, and um. You see him going in, and it's like his blood spreading out of his mouth and all that stuff. And then the shark just pulls him down, right? Yeah, because you hear him finally die. You hear like the gurgling. Yeah, yeah. And uh, shark goes down. Uh, and Brody's trying to get up. He gets into the cabin. He's trying to go through to get to the front of the ship or the top or whatever. Yeah. And, um, Shark breaks through at this part as well, and and he like hits it with like the pressurized things for like um for scuba diving. Yep. And then shoves it into his mouth, and then slides back. He gets up to the top. He gets a gun. He gets the rifle that Clint had, and he gets up on the um. I forget what that part is called. The uh, crow's nest. Yeah, the mast, the crow's nest thing. Yeah. 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 He gets up on that, and. The shark's coming at him. You can see it coming, and he's trying to shooting at it. And he's like trying to be like, "Let me see the thing," you know. And no, he's finally like walks onto the the tank, and he's like, "Smile, you goddamn son of a!" And blows yep. the fuck. And then the shark basically. That's like the, that's one of the best fucking endings to a movie. I'm sorry, but it is. Yeah, I mean, it's really like you're tense. Like you, like even if you know the ending, like you're tense watching it. You know. Yeah. The music from John Williams helps. Yeah, and you're just watching this. I mean, he's on this like Cronus, and his ship is sinking. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's very like terrifying. Like, he has very limited amount of time to get this done, or he's or he's dead. You know. Yeah. And yeah, he blows it, and the, the whole front end of the shark blows up, and everything gets covered in shark guts. And then we see it um, underwater as it's floating down. You know. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's very, it's yeah, it's very exciting. Like you feel very relieved when it when it when it blows up, and yeah, it's very, like, <laughs> right. That's you know, a great great way to end the movie, you know. Yes, it is. I think even though it might not be you know 100 percent realistic, you don't care. You know what I mean? You're like, no. this movie, and I mean movie's not hard. this whole movie's not realistic. You know, like no, but like it's very satisfying though. Like you kind of want right. a movie to end this way, you know? Right. It would be less satisfying if you just like shoved like uh like I think in the book he just shoves like a javelin through it or something you know. Yeah, I heard like in the book is just because like he got the shark got beat up so much from all the damage, just kind of dies. Yeah, exactly. I think it just dies. 
And I mean, at that point in the book, he's ate everybody except Brody. <laughs> right. But in the movie, Hooper lives and he pops up after after he killed the shark and then they 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 the next thing you know they're like floating in on uh, on the barrels you know like trying to trying to swim to shore which they're obviously not very far from shore because you can kind of see the shore in the background in some of the scenes yeah which of course makes sense because they're trying to drive into the closer to shore so right you now at least they're not like out in the middle of nowhere in the ocean you know what i mean yeah and uh, that's how the movie ends so. yes it does uh, yeah, like you mentioned, like the the score. I mean, the John Williams score for this movie is is amazing. You know. Yeah, it is. Like, really iconic score. Yeah, and it's the first summer blockbuster movie that ever existed. Yeah, so the first like summer blockbuster. I didn't really think that movies could do good in the summer before. Uh, that's why I just threw it out there. They're like, it's not going to do that good. And yeah. Well, 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 they did. They did put a. I guess what happened is that they put it out. Um, they they did invest a lot into the advertising. After they saw the movie, they knew that it was a good movie, and they took right. a chance and tried to put money in advertising. I don't think they expected that they were going to be making you know a hundred thousand in the opening weekend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, I think the movie at this point is gro- has grossed over a billion dollars. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's a it, it's a yeah, and it kind of changed everything in a way because it's like, like you said, the first summer blockbuster. You know, yep. like this summer we're getting movies like you know Oppenheimer and stuff has come out. We wouldn't be having this happen if it wasn't for Jaws. You know, no Star Wars wouldn't exist. Yeah, I mean, how many like there's so many summer movies. I feel like particularly like the the real like um, peak time for this was in the 80s and 90s though. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, nowadays they try to do that, but a lot of times it doesn't work very good for them. No. Like, and even this year, I don't think a lot of these blockbusters, these movies that they're they're counting on being blockbusters are going to make that much. And Anna Jones tanked. Yeah, it only made like 60 million or something, which is yeah. still a lot of money, but the movie cost like 260 million or something like that. Right. <laughs> uh, But yeah, I mean, obviously we're going to go see that, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like. Uh, I've heard good. Like, it's funny because I actually heard some good things about the movie. So have I now, dude. Like, if you don't listen to the critics, you listen to the fans. It's doing really well. Yeah, all the fans, like people that I know are Indiana Jones fans, all love the movie. It's only the critics who hated it. So yeah, and all the all the people who are fans of it liked it more in Crystal Skull. So I think that I think that's the critics being assholes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, which is is not uncommon. I mean, even when this movie came out. There was there were some people who liked it and there's a lot of people who were kind of like crit- critical of the movie, including yeah. like Roger Ebert and stuff, yeah. Yep. So uh, I saw a funny interview with uh, Richard Dreyfus not too long ago about Jaws. Oh yeah. It was just like he just talked about one little he's like, I'll tell you all a funny story. So I guess, you know, one day they're filming, he's like, no matter where you're at on Martha's Vineyard, you could always hear what they were doing for the movie. Even if you didn't care. And he was like, You hear Shark not working. Again, attention, shark not working like all the damn time. <laughs> and then he said, one day all of a sudden you hear, hey, shark working, shark working. And everybody's like cheering and all they go, hey, boat sinking, boat sinking, actors on boat, boat sinking. So <laughs> I guess the the anchor tore up on the orca so the boat actually started to sink. Oh, geez. Really? And 
So they have like a stuntman out there, a guy holding like a big old boom mic on the boat with like $50,000 worth of equipment, which back then that's a shit ton of money. Yeah. Not that it isn't now, but you know, back then compared to what they spend now on this stuff. So then I guess he said it was funny. Also, you see Robert Shaw stand up. He rolls up his sleeves, buttons his shirt. Like, well, if I'm going to die, at least I'm going to die looking good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you see all these rescue boats come out and Spielberg comes out and Richard Drivers, I guess, is trying to help like the 70 year old man with the boom mic off of the boat. And Spielberg's like, get the actors off the boat. I repeat, get the actors off the boat. And Richard Drivers is like, Steve, I got to get this guy's like, fuck him. Get yourself off the boat. You're my actor. <laughs> oh like, my God. Damn. I think I see Steven Spielberg is a little stressed out. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, now we can lose that guy. We can't lose the actor. Yeah. Like this movie. This movie was the very first Hollywood movie to be filmed on water, like on the ocean. Yep. Like right. Every, every other movie that had been set on water before, for the most part, had been filmed like in in studio, like in a in a tank, or like, yeah, you know, like you know, or like you know, either in a studio or out of studio. But like, it's usually like a tank or you know, not not an open open ocean, you know. Right. Um. Well, that's what's so, funny because when they put the shark. Oh, sorry, dude. No, go ahead. Like when they put the shark, when they were doing tests, the shark worked all the time because they did it in the tank. They put it out in the ocean. They didn't think about the salt water where it would do it with. Exactly. Yeah, they tested it in fresh water. Yeah, because yeah. I think I think a lot of movie, maybe movies were made like in a, a tank or maybe at the most like, um, you know, maybe on like a lake or something. Yeah, they're not. They never really did anything on the ocean before, and. Some of the problems they had was, as well as like you know, like you said, the shark wouldn't work, you know, because so they had to, like basically, you know, they made the shark and spent all his money, and they brought it out in the fucking the ocean, destroyed it, and they had to basically start over again to make like right. a sea, sea salt salt water shark, and then um, they had to invent like a type of stabilizing device for the camera. Because part of the other problem with filming on on the ocean, I guess, is that because it's rocking all the time, older cameras didn't have a stabilizing in them, so it would have just been like constantly moving. You know what I mean? Like it, you couldn't have yeah. like like the camera itself would be moving. So they developed right. this like stabilizing device where even if the deck or something's moving, that the 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 image stayed stable. You know? Yeah. So I mean, so this movie was like very, um, very much a, a you know like a pioneering film in a lot of a right. lot of ways, you know. Which I guess is, you know, I could if you look at Steven Spielberg's career, you know, up until I would say to like maybe like Saving Private Ryan, you know, like he he does he he's always had been pushing the genre pushing film forward in his movies, you know. Oh yeah. He's like he's always been pioneering stuff, pushing things, been a trailblazer. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, you know, obviously, I think there's some movies even after that 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 he kind of trailblazed as well. But you know, I feel like it's become less so over time. But like, um, right? I already wants to go back and do a horror movie. 
That'd be cool. I'd like it if you do that. Because, I mean, we were looking at his discar- his filmography the other day when we were going to a comic store. And I was like, like, a lot of his newer movies I haven't liked, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah, I do agree. It's been a while since he's made a movie that I'm, like, excited. I would like to see. Even, like, want to yeah. see, you know? like Right, but if he, he, wants to, like, he wants to do an old-school rated R horror movie like he used to do. That'd be awesome. Yeah, go back to his roots. Yep. I'm like, oh, please do. Yeah, I hope he does that. Well, go to that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I really hope he does that. Yeah, like if you made like a, a successor to Jaws and Poltergeist and everything. Yeah. The um. Yeah, I mean, so this movie is pretty, pretty, pretty pioneering, and I mean, he um. Uh, yeah. So they had a lot of problems. Like I said, the movie went like you know millions of dollars over budget i think it it went like almost a year like i think it was a hundred days of shooting (laughs) yeah something like that and yeah it was just like a nightmare basically the film but it's it's amazing when you think about all that and some of the stuff that came out of came out of the movie was was like that's really like works for the movie was was them responding to these issues so it's like the shark didn't work so they figured out other ways to show where the shark is, like the barrels, you know, yeah. like like just different ways to kind of like convey where it is, which was funny because I was thinking about it, dude. I, I, I Watching the movie, I was thinking Tremors is Jaws on land. Dude, that's so true. You know, like it's, it's the same exact same principles they use in Tremors that they did in Jaws. Yeah. Uh, which is which is kind of funny because Tremors is the first one first one he's, we did, you know, like I know that's funny, dude. But I was literally thinking about that. I was like watching a movie last night. I was like, this is one hundred percent like jo- Tremors was Jaws on land, like you know, like holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only person who said that, but I mean, no. I, but uh, yeah, I just I I just realized that. <laughs> yeah, so did I just now. Like that's crazy because dude, it makes perfect sense. You don't really see the grab boys. No, and the way that they convey it's moving is through like tufts of like you know dirt coming yep. up, or like stuff like that, where like maybe the ground like you know like when those would be the equivalent of like the, the shark fin. Yeah, uh, you just see the full body a few times because there are there's a couple scenes where the full shark is swimming, like yeah. right around the boat where you see the whole shark. Yeah, which worked pretty good because you're just seeing it from base usually from the top down. Yeah, and it looks big, you know. It looks yeah, scary. Like you, it looks like a shark that could eat a person. You know. Yes. Uh, and the same thing with the graboids. Like you only see them, the the full one. Like when um, when Kevin Bacon like uncovers it that one time when they killed the first one. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, definitely, definitely, definitely relevant. I think I'm sure that the guys when they made Tremors, they were drawn on Jaws. Like it's got to be. Right. Uh. And then, you know, like, I think, um, so, the, so that kind of, you know, the problems they were having changed the way that they decided to film it. Because originally the movie was supposed to have a lot more of, 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 um, of Bruce the shark, you know? Yep. Uh, and then a lot of the movie too, like, say like the, the line, like, we're going to, you're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. That was, that was improvised by Roy Schneider. Oh, was it? It wasn't in the script. No, he. Nice. And it was a joke as well, in a way, right. in the sense that I guess like they're always like, it was like a kind of a repeating line in the like, making of the movie where 
you know, they because they're out there filming filming on the water. They have yeah. to have like these big like you know, you know, um, other boats around to like for the gear and everything and everybody, you know. Yeah. And they kept saying like, "Oh, you're gonna need a bigger boat. You're gonna need a bigger boat for like whatever, like all the stuff that they needed." <laughs> right. So he just kind of took this thing that that he kept hearing them like talking about, you know, like we're gonna need a bigger boat or whatever, and yeah. just used that and that line, and so that's how it, that that came about, you know. Nice. And there's a lot of aspects to that in the movie because they were updating the script and the screenplay as they were going. Right. And so, uh, the all, all the actors had a lot of input, you know, like yeah. What do you think your character would say? Like, and they'd be like, "Oh, I think it would say this." So they change the screenplay, like, so the actors had a lot of input to it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like I told you the other day, Richard Drivers and Robert Shaw did not get along that well. Yeah, that's when I heard Richard Drivers. I guess said that it was mostly when they're filming. Yeah. It was like when they weren't filming and they're off, like just hanging out, like they're like really good friends. Yeah. But he's like, as soon as we got on on. <laughs> on set we're filming like it's like richard shaw basically turned into quinn <laughs> you know he's like giving him a hard time yeah. and all stuff and they were like kind of have this attention yeah right which i think is maybe rich like richard dry like i mean um robert straw like getting into character like, you know they're getting into character kind of so yeah made a lot of people think that they didn't they hated each other but i guess they I guess richard driver said that wasn't true right but they they kind of did hate each other when they're filming i guess you know <laughs> yeah but i guess that's getting in character right yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, I just think that. I mean, watching it last night, I was like, yeah. I mean, this movie is basically. I mean, it's up there, one of the best movies ever made. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, dude. I think wasn't it number one on that horror list for scary movies? I'm not sure. I know I it's can't been remember. A, it's been on a lot of like big lists for for film and horror right. movies and stuff. I just remember that one that was on A and E or whatever station it was on. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just well, it's well crafted. The cinematography in the movie is great. The way the shots are done, like. Oh yeah. The way they have like the the shot composition, like the whole thing is just and the editing, you know, everything is like spot on. You know, like it keeps you keeps you like involved and and everything and it's funny because one of the podcasts i listened to today about it i guess the people who did the podcast they had never they had actually never seen jaws before oh they wow did the podcast yeah and uh and they all like fucking loved it you know like so even somebody who's never seen jaws and you know 2023 could still fucking you know respond the same way and that's because the movie's like genuinely a good movie you know yeah you know, it's no, that's, that's, one of, that's truly is a classic. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it it holds up for even people who never saw it. You know, like uh, it doesn't really it doesn't really age because like a lot of stuff that happens in it you could imagine happening today. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, one thing when the podcast brought up is after COVID, like the whole way the it gives it a whole another meaning, like the way that like stuff wouldn't shut down and you know like all the stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I feel like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a great movie. And it's definitely a perfect movie to watch around 4th of July because it's set around 4th of July. And it, yeah, there are know, two of them I watch every year on around the 4th of July. This and Independence Day. <laughs> yeah, you watch it, yeah. Yeah, I watch that. 
I haven't actually seen Independence Day since I was a kid. Yeah, I watch it every year around Fourth of July. That and Jaws. So, yeah, I have to watch Independence Day again at some point because I remember seeing it in the theaters. You know, watching it on TV after you know, like a bunch when I was a kid, but I haven't really uh, gone back to it since since I've been an adult. You know, right? It's cheesy, but it's fun. Yeah, it's definitely. Uh, you know, I mean, you got a lot of great people in that too. You got fucking. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, you got Will Smith, but you got fucking um, Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, like Randy Martin, Quaid. Randy Quaid. Yeah, there's a lot of great people on that. Yeah. Uh it is funny though. I actually watched it today. Oh yeah. Yeah. I watched it this afternoon. It is funny though on how like there's so many Star Wars references and ripoffs in it. Yeah, I I'm sure I don't quite remember two guys I haven't seen in a long time, but uh I can imagine there are. <laughs> like well and then that, that, that the battle at the end was very like Death Star. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, the aliens are pretty scary in that movie, though. Oh, yeah, they are. They're terrifying. I had the action figure. I did, too. Yeah. I had that big one, that, like, 12-inch yeah. one. Yeah, the big one that opens up and has a little one in it or whatever. So that movie was a huge deal when it came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, <laughs> was a big movie. It came out in 97, I think. It was 97 or 96? Because I thought 97 was Men in Black. That's why I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, I don't remember. Let's see. Um, Independence Day. Let's see. When did this come out? 96. Okay. Yeah, 96. Yeah, 96 and 97. Oh, I sent you a picture of that, of Jaws. Oh, the kid? Yeah. The scene that they didn't get to do. Let's see. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that would have been pretty horrible, huh? Yeah. <laughs> they filmed it, and Spielberg's like, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, w- that would have been pretty horrible to watch this guy right. get eaten that way. But right. I, I think it works better that you don't see the shark head until um, yeah later on. I mean... Because that would have given it away right there and then. You would have seen the shark. You would have seen yeah. eat somebody. You know, like. Yeah. But I mean, it would have worked, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I could imagine that though. Like if they showed that scene, you were like, "The fuck just happened?" I don't think it could get. Away. I mean, even today, I mean, they they kind of shy away from from straight up murdering kids in movies, but. Right. <laughs> well, in this country, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, I definitely definitely would have at. I mean. I don't know. I don't know if that would have been better or not. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on how the footage looked, but right. I, I get, this is what do you say? This is one of those movies that's almost a perfect movie. Yeah, I just can't imagine it being different. Like, I think uh, I really like that the fact that the first thing you really see the big shark head is um, that you need you need a bigger boat scene. You know? Yeah. I think it kind of works a little bit better than you know seeing it that early on. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to imagine this movie uh, really being any different, you know? Right. The um, yeah, like 
trying to think is there is there anything else you want you can think of to talk about it with it no i can't actually i think we pretty much covered it pretty damn well yeah i mean there's a lot of detail you could get into with the making of or whatever but right. you know like you're not getting that that deep into it yeah, yeah no like, uh, <laughs> i do from i heard that there's like an actual podcast series of just about the making of jaws so people yeah. who want to get know about it they can look that up you know <laughs> right but yeah so what would you rate jaws oh five out of five yeah five out of five yeah yeah i think i think i would do the same like yeah uh you know i i think it's like it's one of those movies that it can be on tv and you can just be sitting and watching and it can come in at any point in the movie and get, get kind of like entrapped into it you know what i mean yep because i remember actually was getting a oil change over at over at um Carl Car care and I was like they had they had just like you know the TV on and Jaws was playing I was just sitting there watching Jaws like what you know waiting for a whole change you know what I mean like it's that kind of movie where you can kind of just get sucked in no matter what you know oh yeah I mean okay so I just watched it right on my 4k and then literally that night it was on again I, it was on just sci-fi channels like maybe 30 minutes left I put it back on <laughs> yeah it's definitely it's one of those movies like I know and I have I know other people who are like obsessed with me. They watch it all the time. You know, it's like a comfort movie for them. Right. Like, but yeah. And, uh, I definitely need to watch like the, I didn't get a chance with the DVDs that I have. And I know the blueberry you have has like all the, the two hour documentary about all that kind of stuff. I, yep. I need to check out. Did yours come with the book? No, it didn't have the book. It's just, okay. Yeah. I have two copies of that book. One of my 4k, and one of my uh, DVD. I'll give you the book on the DVD or the 4k one. Oh, cool! Thanks, dude. Yeah, dude. That'd be awesome. But yeah, yeah, definitely five. And um, I guess before we close close it out, obviously this is the Fourth of July special. We're gonna have um, another episode later on with uh, Poltergeist, which is gonna be the next one. Should be uh, come yeah. out later later this month as the actual ma- you know main main horror hotel. Uh, but since we did the last one, we did see Boogeyman, so maybe we can give a little mini review of Boogeyman. Well, that'd be actually good when we do the poltergeist because it kind of can go together. That's true. Yeah, maybe we'll just do that when we do we we do poltergeist. We'll talk about boogeyman as well. Yeah, like uh, kind of ta- you know at the end talk about it. Yeah, dude, for sure. For so you know, not going as a, as in depth as you know, no. but but as as you would if you cover it on your own. But I, I think we sh- we should do you know new movies we see reviews at the end of, of oh. the episodes as well. So hell yeah, dude. But uh, cool, dude. Well, cool. See, well, have I hope everybody has a happy fourth. You too. And uh, we'll see you next time. Cool, man.